Welcome to the 9to5 Wellness Podcast, a show about corporate wellness solutions with innovators and forward-thinking leaders who are at the forefront of the workplace wellness movement. I'm your host, Aisha Tahir. Today, I'm really excited about the topic that we are going to dive into. You know, work sites are doing so much to prevent arrest and even like reverse chronic diseases than any other group. And when I talk to the C-suite leaders and when I talk to the benefit managers, one of the things that has been consistently coming up is that the work sites believe that they really didn't sign up for this role. They didn't sign up for being disease prevention experts. So there's always this debate going on, like who's responsible? Who's responsible for well-being of the society, of the workers, and the disease prevention? Because honestly, workplaces want to just create their products or services and just stick with that role. And I, I completely understand where they come from. So then debate then is like, who's responsible for well-being? And that's exactly what we are going to talk about today. And for that, I have an awesome guest with me today, Terry Dietz. She is an exercise physiologist and is a highly qualified professional in wellness and exercise. As a WellCoa faculty member, she owns Wyo Hawaii Corporate Wellness, specializing in refining organizational wellness programs. Terry excels in evaluating and enhancing existing initiatives, working closely with clients to implement tailored solutions. Her aim is to cultivate a human-centric workplace culture of care. And beyond her professional achievements, she boosts an 18-year career as a female aerobic gymnast and is currently dedicated to open ocean channel swimming, including crossing channel and most currently the first ever crossing from Molokini to Lunai. So I want to welcome Terry here. Hi, Terry. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Aisha. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so glad that we are doing this interview today. You're an expert on corporate wellness. You have so much experience working with corporations. First up, you know, whenever I have a guest, I always want to know about their journey. So how did you get involved with corporate wellness? Oh, it's like everything else. It definitely has been a journey. But I'll tell you, when I was teaching back in my early 20s, teaching group fitness classes, I'll never forget teaching at 6 a.m. in the morning. Everybody comes in with bedhead and dragging. And by the time they left, they were energized and having connection and camaraderie with everyone else in the class. But something happened, would happen between going to the locker room, getting dressed and going to work. You could see this shift that happened where they suddenly were so, so many of them would suddenly decide or just show that they didn't just didn't look forward to going to work. They're already looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I had no clue what that was. I was in my 20s. What did I know? I was there, woohoo, let's go, let's go. I no clue what they were dealing with because maybe the environment was not as supportive as it was going to the club or in the home environment. 
So that kind of was the introduction into well-being at work. What is going on? And I wound up from there working in different hospital-based programs to about back in 2014, 2015, working for an insurance company. And I was on the wellness side, helping to put together a wellness program to support our employers with their employees. And that is where I started going, whoa, there is a huge need to help and support companies build a strategic wellness program that mirrors and matches and integrates into their culture. So that's kind of the long and the short of it. And I've seen a lot along the way and it's been quite the journey. And we're still in a place trying to figure it out because for so many, and you mentioned this, it seems like it's a lot of work. You are taxing me with, or you're taxing me with another job and I'm up to my eyeballs. Where do we even start? So yeah, it's been quite the journey. I just love how you described that you used to teach the 6 a.m. classes. That's how I started too. My spinning classes were like Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. And you know, the morning crowd is really, really dedicated crowd. So you're exactly right. Like at the end of the class, they're energized. But I have seen that look on people's faces that you just described. Yeah. That, you know, uh, not looking forward to going to work, already dreading work, like it's the start of the day and already dreading going there. So, okay, I think wellness programs have a lot to offer, not only the employees, but also the workplaces like the employers. But here's the thing. I think employers, employees, us as wellness providers, insurance companies, healthcare companies, we all have a shared responsibility in this equation. I don't think that only one person can do this job. Where we are standing right now, especially after COVID-19, we can only build solution, a solution, a long-term solution that's uh, sustainable if we all communicate with each other. But I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think? Like, who do you think is responsible for well-being anyways? That's a really great question. And if we think about it this way, maybe, we're always told you can only control what's within your control. <laughs> and for each one of us, our well-being is a good part within our control. The way we think, the choices we make. Now, they're influenced for sure. But we do have control over our personal well-being. I believe and feel, and as I've watched wellness programs unroll, unfold, evolve, maybe not evolve, and it's really become shared. It's both sides. It takes two to tango. And it takes the leadership and the employer and all the bits and pieces and parts that go with that to take their responsibility of well-being and it takes the employee. One can't not support the other and there has to be communication that happens as well. That's the hard part for sure. A manager cannot show up at their best if they don't have the tools to support them to be their best. And in return, 
they're not communicating, they're not listening, they're just checking boxes. And that rubs off onto the employees and their team, and it goes both ways. It's a shared responsibility across the board. It's a give and take. Not everybody's on every day, and that's okay because we're human and we have many layers to ourselves, and we have to give ourselves that grace. So, yeah, wellness and well-being is definitely shared, and it's a give and take from day to day, year in, year out as well. I just love how you brought up that we are not on our A game every single day. And and I think, you know, it's not fair to expect that. No. Right. And just showing yourself the grace and then showing others, right? That empathy. You should have that empathy towards others. Uh, Sometimes you might not know what's going on at their homes. Exactly. Exactly. The employee is bringing their whole self to work. They can't mm-hmm. just leave, like disconnect from home and then come in and plug in and then go out. Like, you know, so far that hasn't happened, maybe in future. <laughs> I, it would be great, but unfortunately it doesn't. And no matter how hard we try to do that, yeah. eventually it backfires. Eventually the cards fall. And then it's now we're in a cycle of it's kind of this emergency, pick everything, all the pieces up. You know, as opposed to we were proactive in this case. So, yeah, it's a big step. It's a scary place to play. You know, it sounds easy to do, but it's it's not always that way. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. So it's a shared responsibility. All the parties involved have that responsibility, especially the employer Mm -hmm. and the employee. And I think what you just mentioned is golden, that communication What's happening is that the communication chain is broken most of the, in most of the cases because when we look at employees, we are all unique human beings too, right? So with unique needs, unique backgrounds, unique cultures. And what's happening is that employees need to communicate to their leaders and employers. And then there, need, there needs to be a safe space to yeah. for that to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. I want to really expand on that because I think that brings in the holistic well-being programs at organizational mm-hmm. level. Because holistic also means learning about your teammates, learning about the group you're working with. If you're a manager, you know, really, really taking that time to learn to understand your group and also equipping your group with leadership skills with uh, mental well-being skills. All of that is should be part of the program. Let's talk a little more about it. What do you think is the need for holistic well-being programs at organizational level? I think you really mentioned a good piece because we have different layers. We're all in different places. We're not just the right brain coming to work or the left brain coming to work. It's all of us coming to work. And we're more than just exercise or reps and sets that make us human from we we have a social component. We want to grow. We want to feel seen, heard, and appreciated. And, and all these other pieces that we support with a wellness program help to support this. But we can't just do it with reps and sets. And asking those questions of what the needs are, looking at not hearing what the needs are and also seeing what the needs are, having a look around 
and really understanding the environment and the culture that you have will help you to understand the pieces to your holistic program, for sure. Yeah. I like how you're mentioning that you really want to ask questions. Yeah. Ask questions of your team members, of your employees, because what works for ABC company might not work for XYZ because now your cultures are different. You're located in different places and your team members are all different. So Mm -hmm. that I think is a really good way to approach when you are trying to create a wellness program at work. So what are some other steps, Terry? I think you have a lot of experience here. What are some other steps to be considered when seeking to implement the workplace wellness? I know. That's, and first and foremost, you have to have the conversation. Why do we want to do this? Here's some reasons why. You, we want to bring in the leadership. Ask, you know, and because it's their, you know, this is their company they're running. And whether it's small or it's medium or small size, it's the first thing happens. It starts with conversation. And then understanding the mission and vision of your company, because the mission and the vision of your wellness program, they have to mirror each other. That's where this becomes strategic. We can't just, oh, well, let's do, you know, X, Y, and Z activities, but they have no sticking power because nobody wants to do them and there's not the need there. So beginning a wellness program, you got to have those conversations. What is it we want? Where do we want to go? And why? And then how does that fit into the business strategy itself? That's where you need to start. It's really easy just to go, let's do wellness and and we're going to make everybody healthy and we'll do this lunch and learn and off we go. It's great. It's fun. And that's okay here and there, but it doesn't have a sticking factor or value to it really. Yeah. So conversation is first involving your leadership and, and then finding those quiet champions that go, I get this. I can help. I can start spreading the seeds one time or once a month lunch and learn or and in some cases like places I've worked with okay there's a complimentary gym membership uh, Mm -hmm. or even on-site gyms but that's not enough it's missing the education piece if you are providing gym membership it's really good that it's there but you know it has to be taken a step further and we really have to look at all the facets of well-being too, because just physical exercise is not the answer anymore. So what do you suggest then? Ask your employees, get get the C-suite leadership involved. Once they have an idea of what the needs of the company are, what's Mm -hmm. the next step then? Well, and here's the other piece you, you, you alluded to this just now is in those conversations and when you're starting to take a look around as to what it is, where we want to go, you need to start, you have the conversation with conversations with the leadership and what they foresee and what they see. But we also need to look at the policies that are in place as well as what's going on in the office itself, the environment itself. Does the policies that we have and the environment even support what we want to do. So if you're like, okay, everybody wants, we'll just say, everybody wants to learn more about nutrition to help with inflammation and this, that, and heart disease. Okay, that's great. But if you have absolutely no policies or health benefits or the environment is still supporting nutrition that might not be as healthy, there's a disconnect that's happening. So these are really important pieces to take a step back and go, 
if we want to cultivate people volunteering, do we actually have that in our policies where they can have a half day to go and do volunteer work? You know, so because that's part of holistic well-being too. You need to look at those pieces and parts because without that, you have no infrastructure to where you're going. And again, that helps you connect, start connecting your dots back to the why, the mission, and how that integrates into your business strategically. Yeah. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But when you implement it, you know, after listening to you and how you're breaking it down, that which is a wonderful way to break it down, it's going to be a time-consuming process. Exactly. And that's where we get stuck. And this is where suddenly HR might go, whoa, this is all on me all of a sudden. Or, and they're like, I did, and you said this earlier, I didn't sign up for this. You know, we, we have to find common language and what the understanding of wellness and well-being means and define that out for your company. But here's the beautiful part. You don't have to do it all at once. That can be a huge lift. Let's yeah. take bite-sized pieces. One of my favorite quotes, by Arthur Ashe is start where you are, use what you have, and do the best that you can. So take a look around. What is a low-hanging fruit? Start there. And many companies, they don't have a huge budget for wellness. And it doesn't take a huge budget to start being aware of what you have. So start with what you have. Use what is available. Look at your health benefits. Sometimes you can unearth some fantastic resources you didn't even know that you had to tie back into supporting the needs of your employees, the needs of your team, and then do the best you can with it. Get good at picking out the initiative, tying it back to the overall goal that you set for the year, and then showing, collecting then, and I know you're going to ask me about metrics, collecting a survey as opposed to show how the employees felt about that. And then you can start working on how do I start collecting more meaningful data? Get good with that piece first. And then you can start adding on little chunks. That's where all the magic is. It's in the chunks. It's getting good at getting the chunks. And then that puzzle starts really fitting together nicely. Yeah, I'm so glad you actually just brought in the metrics because that's something that's always on top of mind uh, when corporations are trying to put this together. And yeah, if you are creating a plan and you're implementing a program, of course you want to see where what happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so having those surveys out, get collecting that data, and just noticing like was there a positive influence or not? What tweaks need to be made, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to collect meaningful meaningful data then for organizations? Well, that's an easy and a hard question. I would say first and foremost, that's always the top question. How do I do this? Well, every organization is different. And if you look at how you collect data in the product that you're sending out, or the customer service that you are doing. Because for your business, you're always doing some sort of check and balance. You're looking at key performance indicators to direct you what's working, what's not, what can we do better, to show profit, loss, all that, right? So why don't we think along those lines and think about what are ways that we can actually kind of take similar tools that we already have and use them for our wellness. 
So one thing you can do that's really easy is you can do a simple employee survey, interest survey. So you get to know a little bit more about your employees and what their wants, their needs are. You can look at your health claims, work with your broker on this. So they, you get the, the aggregate data of what the utilization is. Where is that? That gets, starts to give you a benchmark. And then that can help guide you to connecting the needs and the wants of the employees. You then pick out what those initiatives are that will help to support and change that. And that's where you go back to the next year and look at that data to see if we made a change in utilization. You might even find people aren't even using the plan at that point. And you know right there, you need to do a little bit better. That's a great initiative, campaign, activity, lunch and learn, how to help my team actually use the benefits that they have access to. So those are really, really simple ways to, to get your feet wet in collecting data without being too overwhelming. Data collection, I'm always reminded, is it does take time. But again, without your team, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have the business. It's a two-way street there. So I think they're worth the investment. You're worth the investment. You're so right. I like to call employees the most important resource, right? We are always looking at resources in our businesses and organizations, but we do overlook the most important one, the humans running the show. So yeah, exactly. Like employees and your team members, those are Mm -hmm. actually what's running the business. So just understanding the resources that are available to you to help your employees live better and healthier lives. I I just love how you mentioned that there are so many resources out there. A lot of times we are not even aware of them. So just getting awareness around it. And for that, I know that Terry, you can help and I can help organizations understand and unpack that. This was such a great conversation, really. I learned so much from you, and I know that our viewers and listeners did too. So, Terry, how can somebody get in touch with you? Please tell us more about the programs that you're offering right now, something that's going on that people should know about. Oh, thank you. I appreciate our conversation too, because there is so much work and there's so there's so much research out there as well. And um, and here's the beautiful part between you and me. If we don't have the answers between the two of us, we can definitely help find the answers that you're looking for or the resources that you're looking for to help you on your wellness journey. I think it's also important to remember too with wellness programs, well-being programs, the wellness component where I play more in that area, it's not going to fix things that are broken within the company itself. So we have to remember that and we have to respect that piece and, and know where that line is too uh, for both sides and be very transparent with that. As far as what we're doing and we're working to help organizations if they're stuck, can we look at some of these pieces and parts in the strategy to help direct you? Do you Are you at a place where you're ready to take on a big platform? We can help source some of that out for you and off you go. Do you need education and some of the wellness components? We can help you with that from sleep to ergonomics to stress and even more movement throughout the day because we know that movement component is, is so huge. 
So yeah, those are some of the pieces and parts of of how we help with our consulting business that we do. For me, I also do some motivational speaking from an athlete's perspective, which is always fun. And that's the other piece too with this that connects so well. How we train athletes is very similar to how we run businesses and and work businesses and strategy and and measuring. Because if an athlete, if we're not measuring what an athlete's doing and then we just throw them out there, <laughs> the results may not be exactly what we're looking for. So, but yeah, getting a hold of me, I'm quite sure you'll you'll list out my email, the website, or probably the best places to get a hold of me, and LinkedIn, of course, Terry Deetson at LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you can reach out to Terry, and then I'll include all her information in the show notes too. Yeah. So thank you so much for being with yeah. us today. I appreciate it. I said thank you, thank you. This was lovely and. Everybody be well and you know what? Start your day where you are. Do the best you can. Be well. If you like this show today, please share it with your friends and family members. And don't forget to subscribe to our show so that you can get fresh episodes every week. 